Listener Production. US stocks surge on the back of better than expected employment figures. And the Aussie share market is expected to begin the week on the front foot with banks and energy in focus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday, May the 8th. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what an extraordinary weekend it's been. We've uh, emerged with a newly minted or newly crowned head of state. Uh, but the second most important outcome was that we had the employment figures out of the US, which were surprisingly strong. Well, they shot the lights out, Tom. We saw payrolls or jobs increase by a rapid 253,000 in April, and that smashed expectations. The unemployment rate fell to a 53-year low of 3.4%, and we saw wages or average hourly earnings lift 0.5% in the month of April, and that was ahead of expectations. So that's going to create a bit of angst for US Federal Reserve policymakers. Any way you look at it, that employment picture in the US is strong, it's generating stronger wages, and it gives households more ammunition when it comes to spending, which is not an equation that you want when you're trying to combat higher inflation. Well, that's right, Tom. We saw consumer credit lift by 26.5 billion US dollars in March. And what that means is Americans continue to spend despite high cost of living pressures and higher interest rates. And also they're using their credit cards to continue to spend despite the fact they're struggling to make ends meet. That's right. That's uh, something that's looked at quite carefully, isn't it, um, under these sorts of circumstances. But let's not get uh, too caught up in that. Uh, but uh, I suppose the other important element of the session on Friday was the way that US bank stocks were able to recover from the drubbing that they had experienced in the previous session. So this volatility is very distracting. Um, if you're trying to form a, a sense of, of what is happening with the US market, uh, it's hard to do because of the way these banks are jumping around. Uh, and then overlay that with the discussion around the debt ceiling. Uh, that's not doing um, much good either in terms of confidence, Ryan. Well, that's right, but we did see investors struggle that off and they didn't care. Well, like they, the woes of the day before just seemed to be entirely forgotten. Well, the volatility index, the VIX, it snapped a four-day surge. It was at 17 points, so that says it all, really. Short covering took place, and what we did see was those US regional banks rebound from declines tied to the collapse of First Republic Bank. Analysts upgraded a number of the lenders that they thought were oversold. So we did see PacWest Bank Corp rally 81.7%. That is just... Is it breathtaking? You probably don't want to breathe, actually, if you're on the wrong side of that transaction. Well, that's you've right. you've just come in a bit late and you've uh, not managed to cover your position and then the stock's 80% higher the next day. Unbelievable, isn't it? So we did hear from St. Louis Fed President James Bullard as well, who said policymakers will probably have to push interest rates higher to cool inflation. And we saw bond yields lift in America. The two-year was up by 19 basis points. So I think that's where the smart money was on Friday, Tom. It's probably one of the few statistics or numbers that made sense on Friday. So short-term interest rates rose substantially on the belief that this conversation about a pause in the rate hike cycle is a folly, that the markets aren't paying any attention to the conversation from the Fed unless it's James Bullard, <laughs> uh, and you have seen you know, short-term interest rates continue to move aggressively higher. Uh, long-term interest rates did so as well, but not to the same extent. A 10-year Treasury note was up by eight basis points to 
3.44%. So normally under these circumstances, when you see short-term interest rates surge like this, that would be a, a very substantial headwind for stocks, particularly the technology names. But the NASDAQ, there it was, out in the f- uh, out leading the field high, up by 2.3%. Well, Apple probably helped there, didn't it, Tom? It did. That share price is up 4.7% after it released upbeat quarterly results propelled by iPhone sales. And, of course, we heard from Berkshire Hathaway on the back of that result, who patted themselves on the back about their investment in Apple. It was the uh, it was the competing broadcast to the coronation. You had the kings of investment, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett. Ninety nine not out is Mister Munger. God, that's just incredible, isn't it? Of course, Mister Buffett's ninety two, but they're still they, going strong. And, and they eat like seven year olds at a birthday party. They don't like, mind a McDonald's drive through. I've heard Wendy's. That's it, Coca-Cola as well. But one thing that was notable was that a shareholder had the audacity to ask Mr Munger whether Berkshire's sizable allocation to Apple was dangerous. Mr Munger replied with, they were out of their mind. And the investment was one of the company's best and a reflection of the good that could come from the harmony between China and the US. And that wasn't the only pearl of wisdom from the Berkshire Hathaway conference where 40,000 people gathered in a... Omaha, Nebraska. So Buffett, that's, the fo- that's the Sydney football stadium. That is the equivalent of Alliance Stadium. Yeah. And we did see it was you know, maybe it's a magic round. And <laughs> we did see Warren Buffett warn shareholders the US economy faces a slowdown this year. Yes, that's pretty obvious. Naming the commercial property sector, banking system, and tensions with China as the three big, big risks to watch out for, for for investors in US shares. So the interesting thing within, you know, this is, it's a long day, right, particularly for- um, For a 99-year-old. Yes, it's a long day for anyone at the best on, uh, of their game. But what they highlighted is that they are cautious uh, on the economy and they have been net sellers in terms of their portfolio in the first three months of the year. So they um, net sold about $13 billion uh, worth of stock. Uh, they now, now sit on a cash pile of around $130 billion, which is um, a pretty significant war chest. Interestingly, their interest- Income on those holdings went from 164 million in the previous uh, quarter wow. to, to 1.1 billion. Oh, unbelievable! No wonder the Dow Jones is up 547 points on Friday, Tom. It's uh, that's right. So the Dow up 1.7 percent, the S and P 500 up 1.9, the Nasdaq up 2.3 percent. So let's quickly look at what's going on locally. It's an important week. Um, a lot will be made of the budget this week couple of things to point out. Normally, budgets are a bit of a dull affair, to be quite candid about it. But at a time when you are dealing with inflationary pressures in the economy, you need to have important institutions like the Reserve Bank and the government working hand in hand. So uh, it is important that this budget is what economists would describe as being spending neutral. What we don't want to see is a repeat of what happened in the United Kingdom recently, whereby the government there looked to lift spending at a time when inflation was higher and interest rates were increasing. So I think Jim Chalmers is across that brief. We have heard from him, though, over the weekend from a share market perspective. He's announced a $2.4 billion petrol resource rent tax. So that will be levied on offshore oil and gas projects. So some of those energy producers today could be under some pressure, like Woodside Energy, for example. That's despite 
the oil price lifting by around 4% on Friday on expectations that OPEC and Russia may cut supply of crude production in June. Whilst that is important to note that uh, Mr Chalmers is putting that legislation forward, it needs to be supported from a parliamentary perspective. Absolutely. And, uh, Wood to chop there, I would have thought, because I not getting so. on terribly well with the Greens. At the no, no. Uh, but anyway, let's not get political about it. assume that they would be happy with the tax on energy. But moving on, uh, SPY futures are pointing up by 64 points or 0.9%. So as I mentioned, energy producers, it could be a mixed day. The oil price is up. That would be supportive normally, but this announcement could weigh on those shares and of course, Tom, the big announcement today has been Westpac's result. We've seen Westpac post a net profit of $4 billion for the first half year, up 22%. Well ahead of expectations. Like the number was 3.9. The market That's was right, exactly. And the bank's net interest margin was up five basis points to 1.96%. And the bank declared a fully frank interim dividend of 70 cents a share, up 15%. So overall, that looks like a solid number, Tom. Pretty much in line with the market's expectations. And um, ANZ did that on Friday. They um, uh, were in line with what the market's expectations were and because there was so much fear about uh, the banks on Friday. That that outcome was uh, celebrated where ANZ shares were concerned. Yeah, share prices up 1.5%. That said, we have seen quite balanced comments from the CEOs of the banks. For example, Shane Elliott came out and he basically said that there's challenges ahead as far as local banks are concerned. Margins have probably peaked. It's a very, very competitive mortgage market at the moment, so those net interest margins will be under some pressure going forward. But broadly, a pretty well-received result after the NAB was sold heavily the Debacle. day before. Yep. So look out for that today. Tom, just quickly as well, in terms of commodity prices, we saw the gold price take a little bit of a hit, down 1.5% on Friday on the back of the lift in government bond yields and interest rates broadly. And we did see the iron ore price down 0.3% to 103.55 US dollars a tonne. That's the lowest level since early December. Disappointing Chinese steel demand is continuing to weigh on sentiment for iron ore at the moment. That has been a theme in recent months for sure. So just wrapping up, uh, please uh, be sure to tune in to the afternoon market update with our colleagues Stevie and Laura. They're doing a great job. Uh, And the Aussie dollar, I must say, is uh, doing quite well to be holding up at around 67.4 US cents, considering that surge higher that we saw for uh, long and short-term US interest rates, which would uh, be quite supportive as far as the US dollar is concerned. Well, absolutely. The Aussie dollar continues to hold its gains and, and really the iron ore price uh, declining in this environment. It's, it's quite surprising, it's well. but of course, yeah. the US dollar, the greenback has, has eased a little bit in recent days. Indeed. Thanks very much for tuning in. Have a great day. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.